This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name forever. Lord, we worship you this morning. Alagbara bi arao eya juda Blessed be your name forevermore. Blessed be your name forevermore. Lord, I thank you for everyone, everyone watching, everyone present. Show yourself strong and mighty this morning and let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. If you're glad to be in church this morning, shout hallelujah.
say hello to someone this morning? I don't know if you can embrace someone or shake them. Because the announcement says Matthew of Zabin COVID Met the needs of my heart. Shadows is telling with joy. I am telling he made all the darkness before. Are we ready for the word this morning? Let's just honor God and stand for the reading of the word, and then we may sit. We're going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 12, from verse 1 to 3. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. All right, let's read together. Let's go. Therefore, seeing we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, looking, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured the cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Verse 3. Thank you. God bless you. Verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. We may be seated. God bless you. I want to, I want to begin this morning by appreciating our pastors for this privilege to share God's word with God's people. Amen? That was probably for me. But if you, it's my pastors that you are appreciating that way, I will just go and sit down this morning. Let's appreciate Pastor Sholam, Pastor Abi. God bless you, sir and ma. Hallelujah. Thank you, ma, for this opportunity. I never take it for granted. I want you to turn to your neighbor, person sitting to your left and right, and tell them, consider him. Ask your neighbor, who are we considering? Oh. Tell them, consider Jesus. The title for this message is taken from the third verse of that 12th chapter of the letter to the Hebrews. He says, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you become weary and faint in your minds. God has always been looking for a people, a man 
to consider him. Ah, Lord, help me this morning. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and through the earth. It says, To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. One way you can understand what is important to God is by the questions he asks. Because he's omnipotent, he knows all things. And so when he comes and says, Son of man, shall these dry bones live? He's not looking for an answer. He's trying to tell you something. Look at the questions of God in scripture. When Adam fell, the Bible says, and God came and asked Adam, where are you? In Isaiah chapter 6, the Bible says that God said to Isaiah, whom shall we send? Who will go for us? It became so intense that, you know, God just said, guys, I'm going down there. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And when he came, God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Jesus went to his disciples and said, follow me. When he was going, he said, you know, become my witnesses. Tell people about me. This thing we're talking about this morning is a very open secret. It is not a mystery because it has been revealed. I was listening to Pastor David in the first service. Pastor, Pastor David said that do you know you are a carrier of God? And he said, you know, that the reason the Holy Spirit has been given to us is to bring us to the person of Jesus. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. There is no special Christian anywhere. There is no strong believer anywhere. There is no, there is no one that, you know, got saved by the blood of Jesus and the rest of us just got the Zobo of Judas. There is nothing like that. Everyone was saved by the same blood and has the same Holy Spirit. The difference between a strong Christian and a weak Christian is focus. Is what they are considering. It is very powerful. It's so powerful. The Bible says, and two shall be in a bed, and one shall be taken, and one shall be left, and two shall be in a field, and one shall be taken, and one shall be left. What's the difference between the two? Their consideration, their focus, what they see in life. What do you see? Calabas Sandelibosh. What do you see when you come to church? In that chapter, Hebrews 12, 24, they're about, it says, for you are come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, the spirit of just men made perfect. It says to God, the judge of all. It means that when you come here with an issue, ah, God help me this morning. When you come here with an issue, you have come to the judge. You see, after, 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 I, I'm going to call my lawyer. The judge is here. The one that will, that when he opens the door, no man can shut it. He says, that's what you've come to. You've not come to instruments. You've not come to pulpits. You've not come to men. He says, you've come to the city of the living God. What do you see? Kalabashandelebo. I, I saw a quote by Martin Luther yesterday. I put it on my Twitter on WhatsApp. It says, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold on me. The difference.
difference between a mature believer and a baby Christian is when they open the word, they see different things. Ah. One of the great prophets of the Old Testament, Isaiah. Nothing so special about the man. There's no record of him performing any miracles. Yet, the scripture at the basis of many healing ministries came from him. By his tribes, the man saw. Old Testament prophet, he saw so much. It was Isaiah that said, Isaiah 7, 14, a virgin shall conceive. This was like for some 3,000 years ago. And give birth to a son. It was Isaiah that said, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It was Isaiah that said, who had believed our report? I mean, the man saw so much that he was calling it our report. He's not, he was not a Christian. I mean, these things were promised to us, not him. He said, it's our report. And you go to the hospital. The doctor says that you've got this thing. It's not curable. You have to live with it for the rest of your life. I'm like, can somebody that is a child of God to, today and say, doctor, I wish you knew our report. Oh, God. Isaiah said in, in chapter 6, verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. Seated upon his throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Do you know who he saw there? That was Jesus. He saw the birth of Jesus. Virgin shall conceive. He saw the ministry of Jesus. I think about the only thing he did not talk about was the resurrection of Jesus, which David said. I, 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 I beheld the Lord beside me. I think that's Psalm 16. He will not leave my soul in hell, nor suffer his holy one to see corruption. Because he's always by my side, I shall not be moved. This is what made those men to be great. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Who had believed our reports? Paul said, I know whom I have believed. 2 Timothy 1.12 I know whom I have believed. And I am confident. I, I want to get into something now. He said, I, I suffer for this cause. I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. In Philippians chapter 3, he said, That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. Believers who are strong are those that know something. They know someone. When they get up in the morning and they open their eyes, it is because of what they see. There is something that they see. Pastor has led us to read several times in the place where Elisha was with his servant Gehazi. And they woke up in the morning and there were enemy soldiers all around that came to arrest Elisha. And Gehazi, his servant, was woke up first and was panicked. He was like, Master, we are surrounded. How shall we do? Elisha woke up in the same environment and went to the place where his toothbrush was and picked up his toothbrush and began to sing. He arose, he arose, hallelujah. He didn't sing that right. 
this is just the fictional part. Gaza was sweating. And Elisha, and he said, a master. And, and God just said, Elisha just said one simple prayer. Lord, open his eyes. I want you to say to your neighbor, say, consider, consider him. I, I, I wanted, I was thinking about this message and I thought I'd, maybe we should look at verse 2 and say, you know, looking unto Jesus. It sounds more like the title of a message. But I, I don't want to talk about looking today. I want to talk about consider him. There are so many believers that, you know, their cry is, God, why me? God, look at my life. God says, no, don't look at your life. Look at my son's life. What will make Jesus, what will make God cry? You know, sometimes when revelation comes to you, revelation is very powerful. Revelation is what differentiates one person from the other. When you have God's revelation on any matter, it is finished. Little wonder the last book of the Bible is called Revelation. That's the end. What will make God look at me, look at my life up and down, and all the things that I need, all the things that I want, all my issues? I did not say I will send him, let me send him some money. Let me send him a fantastic job. He says, for God so loved the world. He looked at me and he said, I'm going to give you my only son. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to give you my only son. I was talking to an unbeliever one day and he was, an unbeliever was telling me, you know, some person was telling me that, you know, um, you know, we heard it many times that how can you say a loving God will throw people into hell? How can, how can God make hell? That's not the God. If I don't want to serve that kind of God. I said, really? I said, do you believe the Bible? He said, yes, but I don't believe that part. I said, okay, what's the most popular scripture in the Bible? He said, John 3, 6. I said, quote it for me. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. I said, good. I said, have you ever had any enemies in your life? Anyone that hated you? He said, yes. I said, if the person did something that was deserving of death, he said, okay, I'm listening to you. And the person was condemned to death. I said, and you had just one son. That's the only child you had. And the judge gave the option of if someone can come and die for this person that's committed this crime, let's say it's rape, because that's a very terrible crime. Will you send your son? He said, no. I said, what kind of God is that? The kind of God that will give his only begotten son for me is the kind of God that made hell. That will tell you that there is something that God came to redeem me from that is worse than hell. You see, hell is not the evil. Sin is the evil. Hell was made to contain sin. It was made for the devil. Not only did he send his son, Jesus Christ came here. Jesus Christ saw me. I don't know whether I'm handsome, but at least I, I'm, I tried. But Jesus Christ saw me, looked at me like this. Jesus Christ said, let me go and die. He did not say, ah, your, your, your dress is nice, so your shoe is on points. I like this, your car. You know, ah, that your post that you posted was, just Christ looked at everything from there to two. My history, my past, my future. He said, oh, wretched man. He said, you know what? Let me carry you and go and die with you. People of God, what will make God 
do that for you? What will make God come here and die? Have you ever considered him? Oh, you're like, God, I don't know. I've not, I've not been able to get a job. I've been looking for a job. I'm, I'm so tired of life. Lord, you know, I'm, I'm in so much debt. <laughs> Lord, I'm tired of being single. Give me a spouse. Lord, consider my life. God is saying, son, consider my life. Consider me. There is nothing that you are going through, that you have gone through, that you will go through. Nothing at all. Sum it up and multiply it by a billion. That is up to what Jesus has done for you. Never ever make what people have done for to you or, or, or you know done in your life more than what God has done for you. Praise God. So that's what makes Christians strong. They know that God is here. They wake up in the morning and other people are seeing the economy, the weather, this and that. All right, the dollar, the naira, but they are seeing Mount Zion. The city of the living God. The psalmist said, Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Paul said, I press towards the mark of the high price. That's the way to live a victorious life. Huh? That's the way. I, I think it was Oswald Chambers that said, The way to be invincible is to live your life looking for God. Listen to me this morning. They say small minds, small minds talk about people. Average minds talk about events and places. Great minds talk about ideas. So if you, are, if you have friends or around people and they're always talking about people, what this one wore, what that one said, this one got married, you know, just know that you're around small minds. Can you, can you imagine this? Ah, and you, the dress, you were just moving in that dress like that. Small mind. If you're around people and they're talking about, you know, ah, did you attend the conference? Events, places, average minds. When you come out, people are talking about creative ideas, innovations, policies, says great minds. That's why Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, the way is not a place, it's a person. In other words, God is the God of everybody. No matter who you are, this thing I'm talking about, you can consider. That's what Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ came to be to us what we need for now so that we can be to God what God needs for eternity. If it's people you discuss, he will come as a person. If it's places, if that's what your mind can contain, he will come as a place. The way is a person. I read that many years ago in, in Selwyn Hughes, Every Day with Jesus. There was a missionary going from one village to another. And he was going through a thick forest. And after going through all kinds of, you know, they hit a steady path. And they were going on that steady path for two hours. And the guy asked the, the guide, he was with a guide, the missionary was with a guide. He said, is this the way to the next village? And the guide laughed and said, no, girl, nobody way. He was a white man. He said, this is not the way, I am the way. 
if I leave you now, you keep going along this straight path, you will, you will end up with the wild animals. But if this path disappears and you are still with me, we'll get to that village. He will meet you at whatever level you are. God is trying to get your attention. It does not matter whether you woke up this morning and your great-grandfather was the first bishop of Africa and your grandfather was the archbishop and your father is a, has been a pastor since you were born and you were born in a Christian home. Hallelujah. And you've been speaking in tongues from birth. And every, you know scriptures. You can quote everything. You've never told a lie. God is your God. And if you came to church this morning from the bed of someone that is not your husband or wife, and you are struggling with an addiction, God is your God. He's the way. He's trying to get your attention. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12. Someone whisper to your neighbor and tell them, consider him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. From verse 4, it says, You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Verse 5, let's read together. And have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children? My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Verse 6, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son he receives. Verse 7. If you endure chastening, God deals with you with, as with sons. For what son is he whom his father chastens not? Verse 8. But if you are without chastisement, where all are partakers, then you are what? And not sons. Verse 9. Furthermore, our fathers have corrected us of the flesh and we give them respect. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? Verse 10. Verse 11. Now, no chastening of the present time is joyful, but is grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who are exercised thereby. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen to me. It doesn't matter who you are. Whether you are fine, whether you don't think you are fine, whether you're beautiful, whether you are wealthy, whatever it is, educated, whether you're an illiterate, whether you're married, whether you're single, if you are going to fulfill the purpose of God for your life, you are going to pass through a phase in your life where nothing will, be hap- nothing will seem to be happening the way you want it to happen. That's what that verse 3 means. For consider him, lest you become weary and faint in your minds. You will pass through that phase. Because God is dealing with you the way he deals with his children. Hallelujah. Praise God. You will not escape it if it is God that is your father. 2 Corinthians 4. Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You see, where there is treasure, there must be pressure. That treasure cannot come out. How do you spray perfume? You just be like, perfume, you are nice. 
can you just let me see your fragrance? What do you do? You have to press it. In fact, it's under a pressurized container. Hmm. Someone say, hmm. I'm not talking about someone did not greet me. You know, I came into the church. Someone did not greet Someone spoke to me. You know, sometimes I'm afraid that in our generation, when we get to heaven and people are giving their testimonies, someone will say, you know, I was stoned to death. And that person will say, I was cut into two by a sword. And that person will say, I was crucified upside down. And that person will say that, ah, my children were born to life and I did not, I did not deny you. And then just see, Ebele will just come and just say, Lord, I don't like the way she spoke to me after service. God forbid. Tell your neighbor, God is trying to get your attention. Say, I, I, why are you not coming to church? Uh, last week, when I came, uh, the, the pastor was giving an example. I felt he was talking about me. Eh? Go to the north of Nigeria. Don't go far. Just go to the north of Nigeria. And see people that go to church and they don't know if they're going to get back home. Stay at home. And watch online. And you will hear a more powerful example that is talking about you. Because God is trying to get your attention. When you walk into the office and you say good morning and the person does not greet you back. And you say, I'm saying good morning and the person just like, uh. God is trying to get your attention. When you are expecting money, you check your account, you check the second time, check the third time, check the fourth time, the money has not come. God is telling you that inside your need is my need. If your life was ordinary, if your life had no eternal significance, God would have left you alone. See, not everything is a punishment. There are things called trials. And the reason why God is trying to get your attention is because God wants you to see something. He wants you to know something. He wants you to know where you have come to. He wants you to be able to Paul said, as poor yet making many rich. He wants you to know that your accounts are not in the banks of this earth. He wants you to know that your hope is not in this world. He wants you to be able to stand up and when there's a casting down, you can say, there's a lifting up. Not everything is a curse. You just say, I saw this program and they said I come for deliverance. Ah, God, I'm going for deliverance. You would... Have you been listening to the messages? You are already fine. God is just setting an exam for you. Have you, not, have you not prepared for an exam in your life that was very tough? You could not even answer your phone again. You could not eat. You tried to eat and the food was tasteless. Your heart was pounding. There was an exam I wrote in medical school. Well, I kind of brought it on myself because ah, my parents may be listening. Let me not go there. <laughs> you know? Aisha did not prepare well. But I passed. But days, weeks, months after that exam, I will wake up in the, in the night. You know, because I'm having a nightmare that the exam is still tomorrow. <laughs> I, went, ah! I say, oh, I'm already a doctor. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll give the testimony some other day. It's an exam. That is not a useless endeavor. There is a promotion just ahead. When you pass the exam, Mrs. Adishino, she's a leader in this house. I think she's sitting right here. She gave a testimony of 
an exam she did. You know, and I think she was she said she was the best in is it Africa or Nigeria? And the 11th best in the entire world. But you need to see her when she was preparing for that exam. I didn't really, I was, I, but I saw some things. Ma, you made some sacrifices. It was tough. But she gave the testimony. Praise God. When you see certain things going on in your life, let me tell you, if you don't know before, God is trying to get your attention. There is something he has placed in your life that will not come out unless there is pressure on your life. Are you listening to me? With all the benefits of caesarean section. As I said, I say, I'm, I'm not have caesarean section. I'll deliver like a Hebrew woman. I said, he, there's nothing like that. It was a lie that those women told in Exodus. They told a lie to Pharaoh. Hebrew women deliver like every other woman. If you don't know that before, go and know that now. It was Jesus that said, when a woman is in labor, she's in so much sorrow until the child is born. Rachel, the mother of Joseph, and she died in childbirth. And she was not the only one. They were Hebrew women now. I don't have all the scriptures here, but if you go to the Bible, I think somewhere in Isaiah, it talks about a woman traveling in birth, being in great sorrow. Those men were just telling lies. When you want to give birth, speak the word of God. Don't speak folk tales. You don't need to be a Hebrew woman. You are a daughter of the Most High God. So, there are some times your doctor will tell you, and you go and pray about it, you have peace in your heart. There's nothing, say, did you deliver naturally? There's no unnatural birth. These are the indications for cesarean section. If you feed the bill, go and let them bring the baby out by abdomen. Simple. It's not witchcraft, it's not lack of faith, it's not, there's nothing about it. Are you listening to me? Okay. All right. With all the benefits of cesarean section, there's one. there's one that there's a little disadvantage and that is this you see a baby in the womb does not does not breathe see i can hear my baby's breath there's nothing like that it's your baby's heartbeat you are hearing baby does not be receives oxygen through the umbilical cord from the placenta is the baby in the womb is floating in water he's drinking water he's peeing it out he's in, there's, the lungs are not functioning the lungs are wet that's why a baby must cry when a baby is born because that is their first breath if they're not crying most likely they're not breathing praise god now, when they come out and they start breathing, the lungs are wet, like wet foam. But air begins to replace the water, and the baby starts breathing. The more the baby breathes, right, the more the lungs become fluffy and all of that. Now, God has designed the vaginal birth. I didn't say normal birth. All births are normal. The vaginal birth in such a way that it helps to squeeze out that water. That, that corridor is very narrow like this. No matter how many times I've seen a child, but every time is a wonder for me. Women are superpowers. It's the truth. It's not push, push. It's not, don't, don't, don't mind Nollywood. That, that, that corridor is so narrow that when the baby is coming out, it squeezes the chest and some of that water comes out. Babies that are born by cesarean section, they don't have that privilege. And so when they come out for the first 24 hours, their breathing may not be so fantastic. It's called transient tachypnea of the newborn. Yeah. No, 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 no. That, that's medicine. That's not... 
holy brethren. You tried to pray in the middle of the night. And after limping for seven minutes, you fell asleep. You tried to learn the word of God, you can't learn it. There is some water in your lungs that God is trying to bring out. There is something in you that is trying to bed forth. He wants you to pass through the narrow canal of his school. The church is not a hospital for sinners. There is no way in the Bible that says so. It's a school for saints. It's a place of training. That water does not allow the baby to breathe well. There are things in your life that God knows are there. He can see it. You can't see it. He says you must pass through this. You must pass through this. You must pass through this pathway. Get that thing out of your life. So that the treasure, Mala Karata Kelandele Boskaya. Colossians 1.27. It says that to whom God will make known. Let's read it. Colossians 1.27. As I round up. To whom God will make known. What is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? Which is what? Christ in the Christ in heaven. Christ in the praise sanctuary. Christ where? You say, Lord, look at my life. And God is saying, I'm looking at your life. I'm seeing the riches of my glory inside. The reason why you are so superficial and you cannot consider it is because there are things in you that need to come out. Welcome to school. Tell your neighbor, consider Jesus. Tell them he lives in you. Under you. Say under you. Jesus. Above you. Jesus. By your right. At your left. Jesus. In front of you. Jesus. Behind you. Say when they press you. Jesus. Let me round up with Romans chapter 8. When life presses you, what comes out? Say, Lord, I'm just, I don't know, I don't know my, I don't know my life. I just feel like giving up. Giving up what? God will say, you know what? She has not gotten it. Go and press her some more. So your husband that was supposed to come at the end of this month, you just travel. <laughs> yes! What you're supposed to do at that point in time is get on your knees. This treasure must come out. Because when you are at home without your lovely husband and your son should just collapse on the floor, it's not a daughter of God. A daughter of Pastor that says, Hey, hey, my child has collapsed. Honey, honey, that's, the honey is inside you. You lay your hands on that boy and say, In the name of Jesus, you leave. Let's go to the hospital. Did you see the sense and the faith in it? All right. All right. Okay. Romans chapter 8. Let's stand and read this together as we close. Romans chapter 8 from verse 35. Oh God. Let's read 34. Because there's something Pastor David said in that 34 that I, I just shouted. 
Romans 8 34. It says, Who is he that condemns? It is Christ who died. Furthermore, is also risen. Who is at the right hand of God? Who does what? Who makes intercession for us? Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Praise God. Let's get ready to give to God this, this morning. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. So I want to encourage you this morning. The writer here says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present. Let me shock you, nor prophets, nor prophecies, nor strange soap to come and bath. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want you to lift up your hand this morning and just begin to pray in the language of the Holy Ghost. And what you are saying is that, Lord, I submit myself to you, to the school of your spirit. Ah, thank you, Lord Jesus. Open my eyes to see the Lord seated upon the throne. Open my ears to hear your word resounding in my soul. Strengthen my heart to understand and to see beyond my generation and to see and fulfill your plan for my life. Take me up, Lord Jesus, until glory begins to come out of my life, until men see me and see the Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name forevermore, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.